Welcome to World's Wonders, a podcast by the Winding Rivers Library System, where we host lively and informative conversations about topics of interest to libraries in western Wisconsin and the world. And now, our next World's Wonders. Hi, and welcome to this episode of World's Wonders. I'm Christian Anderson, the director of the Winding Rivers Library System. And I'm Brooke Newberry, the collaborative consultant. And today we're talking to Michelle Johnston, who works for the La Crosse County Human Services Department. Michelle, welcome, and thanks for joining us. Thank you for having us. I'm excited to talk about what we do at Human Services. So. Great. Um, so first, could you just tell us a little bit kind of about what you do? Sure. Uh, I am one of the supervisors within Child Protection, which is one unit uh, within the Human Services Department. We have many different units, uh, but I specifically work for the Child Protection part of ours, uh, our agency. Uh, and so what that means is my primary job is uh, I have two staff who take reports of abuse or neglect relating to children. Um, they write those reports up, and then I have the job of reading all of those and making decisions about whether or not that that is something that our agency is able to get involved in. Um, and then from there, we have about nine staff currently who do assessments. So if I decide, oh my gosh, this is really bad, we need to check on the safety of these children, I assign it to one of our nine assessment workers. They then have two different supervisors who supervise them. Um, and they go out and they work with a family for about 60 days, um, trying to figure out what's going on in that family, not only in terms of what was reported, but the entire family dynamic, um, so that we can ensure we have the most accurate information to make some determinations about child safety. Um, so then from there, if we feel like children are unsafe, we have to try to make a plan to keep them safe in their home. And if we can't, then potentially we would have to look at removing them and placing them with a family member or in foster care. Um, and once that happens, generally at the end of 60 days, we probably aren't able to get them back in their home safely. So we pass that on to our ongoing so CPS workers. And there's hmm, about 12 of them. They have another two supervisors who will go over them um, and supervise their work. Um, so once children are out of the home, um, it generally, I, there isn't a time frame in which they could go back in the home. Um, but generally, we at least have their case open for a year. So maybe two or three months into that, they might be able to go home. And then those other seven to eight months, um, we're just kind of managing the safety in the home to make sure that the corrections and the, the services in place are the right services for that family. I, we have a whole other unit called the Permanency Resource Unit. So those workers work to find foster homes and support relative homes um, as we need. So that's kind of the entire overview of CPS. Great, thank you. Yeah. So Michelle, you know we work primarily with public yeah. libraries, um, and public librarians are not mandated reporters. However, we often are working closely with families of varying dynamics and situations. If a librarian or library staff member thinks there might be neglect happening mm -hmm. in a family, what should we do? Yeah, excellent question. Neglect for us takes on a whole lot of different varying facets and forms. Um, so neglect, the state statute for neglect is the failure or refusal of a, some kind of parent or caretaker over the child um, for reasons other than poverty to provide the necessary food, care, clothing, medical or dental care, and then that lack of care needs to seriously endanger the child's health. So. Things like kids coming in for five days in a row with the same clothes and just looking dirtier and dirtier are what a lot of the public sees as neglect. You know, like that kid should be bathed every night and 
things like that. That for us isn't generally neglect because it wouldn't, a child not bathing for five days wouldn't seriously endanger their physical health. I think those are the situations though that you probably see and where if you, depending upon the librarian's connection with that family, if they felt comfortable saying like, hey, it looks like maybe Johnny needs some clean clothes. Could I get you like some information about where you could go? You know, trying to, to dig a little bit deeper into that situation, just through casual conversation about, hey, what might be going on if you're having some stressors and need more clothes, I can get you resources for that. You know, if you're out of personal hygiene items, I can give you lists of locations where you could go for that. Those are some things that your librarians could do and wouldn't even need to call us. Mm -hmm. um, but I think probably some other things that you see might be like, especially within the library, uh, maybe lack of supervision stuff. That would be something where we'd want you to kind of keep tabs on that. And if it's every day this family is coming in and mom or dad holes up in a corner and just starts reading books and these kids are running wild, you know, then over a period of time, I think if you've addressed that and it continues to be an issue, you know, like literally they're climbing walls, hiding, things like that, those are things that you might want to give us a call about. Um, we may or may not turn that into a report, but you don't know what we don't know and we don't know what you know kind of thing. So whenever you're in doubt and thinking like, I don't think this is right, feel free to give us a call. We might know something or might already be working with that family and that's just good information we can pass on to the worker working with them. Um, neglect for us also takes on drug and alcohol concerns. Um, so we'd need information to say like how that child is unsafe because the parent is using drugs. I don't. I would assume you probably don't have that many. I think you probably have people using, but maybe not using right in your facility. I, I, don't, I don't know. I hope not. But, um, you know, I think if you're, again, seeing parents, that will lead to lack of supervision if they're nodding off, coming down from a high, really drunk. So, again, that's things that you'd want to kind of keep tabs on. And if it happens repetitively and if your librarians are kind of saying, like, hey, we can't have you sleep in here, you need to be supervising your kids, and it still continues to happen, then give us a call. Um, and again, we will do what we can with the information. Uh, my guess is you guys probably don't know a, a large amount of information, but we might ask you like, hey, is this typical for them or is this atypical for them um, based on the short amount of time that you guys spend with them. Mm -hmm. um, for us, neglect also takes on like uh, physical concerns with the environment, but my guess is you guys aren't going in homes anyway and so wouldn't know kind of those dirty home, horror home houses. Um, Sometimes people can make assumptions based on the condition or, you know, dirty children. But again, a child being dirty in and of themselves um, isn't necessarily a neglect situation for us. Does that kind of make sense? It does. Is it possible then for one of our, our member librarians to call your staff and ask if, without perhaps even naming the family, mm -hmm. if this sounds like a, a, a concerning situation? If they're concerned yeah. but they're not sure, mm -hmm. is it possible for them to make that kind of inquiry? Yep, yep. You certainly can call my staff and just say like, hey, I, you know, I'm not sure what to do with this information. I'm looking for a little advice. And they might come back to you with, we can't tell you whether or not to make a report because they really can't. Mm -hmm. But they will walk through situations with you and might be able to say, like, if you feel comfortable, go back and try to get this information. Or this might be more helpful for us if we knew this information mm -hmm. kinds of things. Um, and there's also something, too, instead of just making a neglect report, we also take what are called services reports, which is a little bit different. Um, it just means that, like, 
you as the reporter feel parent, mom or dad, could use some parenting help or help with, you know, finding housing, those kind of things. Um, most often in a CPS realm, we don't get involved with that, but we have a, a partner agency um, who does outreach for some of those precursors to abuse and neglect occurring, you know, like some of the poverty stuff. Parents not having stable or reliable housing, not having or having some food insecurities, those kind of things. Um, so there's certainly, you know, even if you were talking to a mom and saying like, oh my gosh, you look really overwhelmed. Is there like help that we could get you? And they say like, oh my gosh, yes. I, if I just had a stable place to live, hey, I'm going to make some calls to my friends at the county and they're going to, you know, provide you with somebody who could do that. Great. You know, that's certainly also a call you could make um, and just let them know, like, hey, I want to make a service report. I, I don't have concerns about mom's ability to care for her kids, but she needs some help getting housing or whatever resource she might need. Um, we'll still write that up and we'll get it to our partner agency who does that. Great. Uh, we, yeah, we refer a lot to the parenting place. Um, they have a lot of programs that parents can um, access on their own, but the program that I was just referencing, that partner agency program, uh, can only be um, accessed through a call to us. Mm -hmm. So that's why I say, like, call us. We'll shove it there unless you feel comfortable, you know, saying, like, hey, the parenting place has X, Y, and Z resources. But I don't know how well-versed you guys are with that. Sure. Yeah. And, Michelle, um, we world serves um, seven counties in the area, and you, of course, um, represent La Crosse County. Yeah. Would you say that most of the other counties in worlds have similar um, setups with reporting structure? Yes, uh, that's a state mandate uh, that we have to have a mechanism to take reports uh, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. Um, Monroe County, they are part of a consortium with several counties way up north, and I don't, couldn't even remember them all. But yes, we all have to take access reports. Uh, that's what we call them. Abuse or neglect reports are access reports. <clears throat> uh, so we should all be asking um, fairly similar questions uh, when you call from county to county. Um, and then I would hope that the outcome is somewhat similar from county to county as well. I, again, every county in Wisconsin follows the same statutes and mandates. Mm -hmm. Sometimes there's a little bit of different interpretation from county to county, but yeah, we all have to take the same reports. Um, that being said too, you know, even if the family doesn't live here, but they happen to be visiting your county, if you call us, we would be required to take that report and send it to the appropriate county where that family lives. Same if they're down in Monroe or over in Vernon County and the family actually lives here, that county. If you called that county, they should be taking that report and then sending it to us. Mm -hmm. Great. Um, so if a librarian were to um, report neglect, yeah. kind of what are the next steps that would be taken? What does the process look yeah. like? Yeah. So, again, my workers will probably ask a lot of different questions and questions they might not have the answer to, and that's completely fine for them to say, you know, I don't know them well enough, I've only met them a few times, I don't get in deep conversations, that kind of thing. Just provide us the information that you have. Um, we, in turn, take that information and cross-reference it with, have they had past reports before? Um, we have access to some other county system databases that might tell us what kind of economic support type systems are in place for them already or not. Um, and from there, I make some decisions about whether it rises to the state level mandates that we need in order to be able to get involved. And then if we get involved, like I said, it goes to one of those nine assessment workers to work with them to really figure out what's going on in the household. 
our goal isn't to remove children. Um, we want to make sure they're safe in the home and that the family has what they need. And so that's why we really take 60 days. We're often meeting with them in that assessment phase um, at least two or three times a week. Uh, it's really pretty intense up front in order to get the level of information we need to know if they're going to need services past 60 days or not. Mm-hmm. Are there any abuse or neglect warning signs that library staff should be looking for? So what would, in your mind, what would trigger our need to make a call? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Again, I think a lot of those well-being things, like I said, probably will raise your red flags, like I'm going to keep an eye on this. But I think if you are, you know, hearing a parent yell at their kid and that it, it's a reaction that a child wouldn't normally take, and you think, in my gut, if I go home tonight and don't make a call about that, that's the call that you should make. You know, if you're going to leave your work or whatever you're doing that day there and think, like, I am not going to rest tonight until I know what – or till I know that I made a call. You know, I'm going to just be up worrying about this. Then I think you should probably make a call. Um, Warning signs for neglect. Again, it's it's those kids being not well supervised, probably that you're seeing, and some of the well-being things. But really, just keeping an eye, kind of out, and thinking in the back of your head, okay, like this is now week three. You know, I'm really going to go try and make an effort to see if I can get some more information about this. Would you recommend um, if you are starting to see a family that you're having some concerns, but not a huge red flag about just starting to kind of document it yourself? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I um, think so. In case you think a phone call might need to happen just so we'd have the most accurate information to give you. Right. Yeah. You know, just day one, whatever date that is and with kind of what your concern. And if it's the same thing, I would just continue to write down those dates. Um, yeah, I don't think, unless there's some rule that you guys have about that, I don't think that that's a bad idea. And it probably will help jog your memory, especially if you're not there every day, but other people are adding to that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we definitely want to make sure that libraries are a safe space yeah. for families. Mm-hmm. Um, and we want to make sure all families feel welcome there. So if families were to be reported, would they know that the library is the one who made the report? Mm-hmm. Reporter information is kept confidential. It's a state law. So we can't just knock on somebody's door or call them up and say, like, hey, your local librarian called on you. Now, that being said, you know, when we interact with them, we have to initially give them some reason as to why they're there. They're allowed to have that much information. So if if their parenting is only specifically bad at the library, you know, they can probably put two and two together. My guess is if it's rising to a level that we're screening it in. Their parenting is probably not the greatest across the board. That being said, you know, again, if it's something that specifically happened at a library, I can't stop them from putting two and two together. But again, there are lots of people in a library and anybody can call. It doesn't have to be librarians. It could be another patron. It could be, you know, a security guard walking through anything. Um, so we can't confirm or deny who the reporter is. We also can't stop them from making their own conclusions. Mm-hmm. Sure. So for just a few more minutes, Michelle, you have the ear of many public library directors in this region. Is there anything that we can do to help you with this important work? Yeah, well, I appreciate the offer and the ask. I think we are constantly recruiting for foster parents. Um, We just got done with a big uh, foster care month. Uh, Actually, it's actually happening right now. I don't know why I was thinking April. It's in May. Um, So I'm sure our foster care unit would love to, you know, put out things that they have if that's an opportunity. Um, 
they'd love to put that out year round, but you don't have to let them do that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I guess in terms of specific child protection work, I I don't know. I mean, I think we could probably do a both or some, you know, have some kind of information for you during child abuse month. Otherwise, I mean, certainly, you know, if librarians themselves want some kind of in-person, I can certainly do education that way. Um, I know, like, way back in the day, the parenting place, I think, actually used to use meeting rooms in libraries to hold mandated reporter trainings for daycare staff. Um, So I don't know where they're doing that now or who's doing it for them, but it isn't us. Um, But I guess... Off the top of my head, no, I can't think of anything other than potentially, like, giving us an opportunity to set up some kind of visual things for Mm -hmm. Child Abuse and Foster Care Month. Great. We're happy to do whatever we can do. Yeah, for sure. Great. So if a library staff member were to report neglect, um, Mm -hmm. can you give us some examples of questions that they might be asked? Oh, sure. So they'll probably ask... Initially, we'd like to start our call with the demographic information. So who is this child? Who is their parents? Is there anybody else in the house? Address, phone number, things like that if you have it. Um, But then they'll really just kind of leave it open for, tell me about your worries for this child or these children. And then that's kind of just your or whoever's ability to give free narrative about the concerns that they have for those children. And then from there, my workers are kind of able to distill like, yes, this is abuse or neglect, or no, I think maybe a services report would probably be benef- more beneficial for the family down the road. So that's kind of where they can help tease some of that out for you too. Um, if the child has some kind of injury that they think is related to the maltreatment, um, they're going to want a description of that injury. Um, you know, specifically what arm or leg or eye or side of the body type of thing, size approximate. I mean, they don't need to get out rulers or anything like that. Um, But they'll want to know what the injury looks like if there is one. Um, Then they'll kind of also ask for a little bit of information about each child's functioning. Um, For the simple fact that, you know, if a child is nonverbal or only speaks in a certain language or can only use sign language to communicate. We need to know that up front so that we can take the right people to the house to help do that. Um, Or if they are really like 15 but function like a five-year-old, again, those are all things that are helpful for us to know. And they might, your staff might not know specifically that kind of stuff, but, oh, I've talked with them and they seem like pretty typically functioning for their age is also helpful for us to know. Um, Same thing with the parent. Like, we'll ask... um, you know, have you had interactions with the parent before? How did that go? If for some reason they would know employment information for parents, we would want to know that too. Um, there are questions, again, that they probably won't be able to answer, like what do you know about this family and domestic violence being present? Again, you guys aren't in the home, probably aren't getting that close to people, but it is a question that will be asked. Um, they'll be asked to, beyond what your worries are, like, have you seen them come to the library in times that it's gone successfully? And like, what's that looked like? And, you know, if there's Aunt Susie's been with, we'd want to know that too, because we'll want to get a hold of Aunt Susie. So not only what their worries are, but times that it's gone well, and times that they've been there and there hasn't been concerns. Um, I guess if they know who the person is um, that's causing this abuse or neglect and it isn't a parent, we'd want to know that person's name too. If, you know, if a child walks up to them and says like, you know, Uncle Tommy spanked me last night and hit me in the face and there's a big handprint. 
we'd want that information that it was Uncle Tommy and not somebody in the home. Sure. Makes sense? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So we talked a little bit about our understanding is that public library staff are not mm -hmm. mandated reporters. Can you talk a little bit about who are and what that entails? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So typically, um, I guess I don't have the entire list memorized, but it's really anyone who in their professional duties um, through their work has contact with children would be considered a mandated reporter. So most often we see that in teachers, teacher's aides, anybody in a school system. Uh, daycare center, doctors, nurses, um, law enforcement is a lot of our mandated reporters, uh, therapists for children, uh, therapists for parents even call us because in their role as a therapist, they're mandated, they're just not mandated to that child. So again, that's kind of where things get a little muddy. Um, a lot of people are mandated, but they might not be mandated to that child. And so then we can't give them as much information back. But, um, I would say like those are our biggest categories, dentists. We see some dental neglect around here because um, there isn't a lot of dentists who will take MA. So it's hard to get in. And then the ones that do are in Cashton and Black River Falls, which is quite a drive for people who have other economic problems as well. Um, so I would say those are the large majority, doctors, nurses too, um, of our mandated reporters who call. But really, when I'm going out to talk to people in schools, you know, I say, if your job is at all connected to kids, you're probably a mandated reporter. Just because I don't want the custodian at the school to think that they aren't, mm -hmm. and then not report something to us, bus drivers, too. Sure. All right. Well, thank you so much, you're Michelle, welcome. for coming. This was so informative. This is super and we will put um, all of the contact information for all of the like um, agencies on our website. And um, yeah. thank you so much for coming and sharing this information. Anytime. I appreciate the opportunity. All right. Thank y'all. Thanks, ladies. Thank you for listening to this episode of World's Wonders, a podcast of the Winding Rivers Library System. For supporting information and links to other episodes, please go to www.wrlsweb.org slash podcast.